Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Hello and welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network and thanks for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time nine-year survivor of breast cancer and I'm the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends. When I have time, I'm a sometime author on a blog called I Never Liked Pink. And funny, we're pre-recording this. Today is December 7th. It won't air till December 22nd, but December 2nd, December 7th, 2012, was the date I got my first diagnosis. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So Nate came out this morning, my husband, and he goes, December 2nd, a date that will, or 7th that will live in infamy. And I was like, holy F, like today is that first, <laughs> the first day nine years ago that I was told that I have cancer. And, oh, and you were so young, so know, young. Look how far I've come. Oh, but my anyway, uh, before I get started with my silver lining to my cancer, Yvonne Nightdigger, who's here with me today, I wanted to give a few quick shout outs to our listeners. I've got Aaron Snow from Culver, Oregon, Mary Curran from Naperville, Illinois, and Summer Black from Jefferson, Oregon. So thank you all listeners. And I, I would love ratings and reviews um, on the Apple platform would be great, but just keep listening because I hope what we're doing really is helpful to all of you out there. And today I've enlisted my best friend who has got me through my survivorship period and beyond. And I'm so honored today to have Yvonne Nydigger here with me. And we are going to be talking about body image after cancer, which is such a fun topic. Welcome, Yvonne. Thank you so much. And I'm going to give a shout out to Summer as well. She's one of my girls. And it's always a pleasure to be here with you, Michelle. Um, The experiences I've had over the years being the director of programs at Breast Friends, as well as an active volunteer and myself in an 11-year this November. I know, November, talk about a day of infamy. Yeah, November Mm -hmm. 11. 11-11 was my 11-year, um, no evidence of disease, um, but it is, um, it's such an honor to reach out to women, you know, across the country and across the world with these types of topics, because mm-hmm. I know from my own experience talking to hundreds of women and the research that I've done that this is one of the big four, you know, body image is one of the big things that that we all deal with when we go through a diagnosis of breast cancer and before and even without breast cancer. So yeah, it's a huge one. Exactly. So how, how would, let's really get into it. How would you define what body image means? You know, I think body image is a three-part component because, you know, the obvious answer is it's how you feel about your body, how it looks, but it's also your own personal mental interpretation of what your body should be, which can be something we've learned over the years. Um, And it also is something that we have have developed as kind of an expectation bar for ourselves Mm -hmm. that is um, sometimes realistic and sometimes not realistic. But um, yeah, it is it is something that um, I think encompasses mind, body and spirit. So yeah, body image is a big, big area for all of us. And one thing you mentioned previously is about how it felt for us even before cancer. And I think society has doomed us because the expectations out there are just so unrealistic 
for really everyone, but really more so for women, because I looked it up. The average size woman in the a, in the U.S. used to be a size 14, and it has gone up to the average woman is a size 16 or 18, weighing over 170 pounds. And this is not what we see on TV or movies on the ads. And, you know, here we are sitting at home with our regular size bodies going, oh, well, I don't look like that. Am, am I not enough? Am I not good enough? Yeah. And if our self-confidence can really take a beating, and I just think we're unfortunately predisposed to not be comfortable in our own bodies by our own society, which really blows. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a reel in our brains that we develop as young girls. Um, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head when you say um, television and social media tells us as women what we should look like and we all come out of the womb looking a little bit different you know there's there's no mm-hmm. there's no stamp that says okay all these girls are going to come out looking exactly the same but we're not taught to embrace our uniqueness and i i will say that i'm i'm incredibly proud to see the efforts that are being taken to change that pattern in mm-hmm. both television and social media I do think there's a lot of great programming out there that is it's aimed at um, young girls uh, as young mm-hmm. as in the you know before their teens, but they're aiming at the idea that we aren't all cookie cutters. So so I think there's a really good effort. But for those of us who grew up in the generation where you know you you didn't see a model who was over a size two, you know, and even mm-hmm. that was considered chunky, um, <laughs> you know, we 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 didn't grow up with those kind of things. And oftentimes mm-hmm. the women going through breast cancer are in a slightly older demographic. So they're, they're carrying that baggage, so to speak. There are, I will, I will say there are a few great companies out there. Dove is doing oh. wonderful things with their campaigns, literally Don't women you. of all sizes and colors, old navies doing yeah, a great job. I was going to say old mm-hmm. Navy. I just love that new commercial. Isn't that just mm-hmm. wonderful? And yeah. there's a few others. Um, Bright, which is uh, a guest I had on the show on December 1st, Luba Sasowski. She has a couple products called strength and courage for cancer survivors, but they also, her pro- her branding is women of all shapes, sizes, colors, mastectomy status, no, you know, boobs, no boobs. And so I love companies like that. So just kudos to kudos to all of you out there who are doing this good job. But yeah. then, so let's move on about how, why we're really here. So we have this potentially messed up body image anyway. Um, but then we get diagnosed with cancer and it's, it's our brains have exploded because we've we've gone through treatment and we and we're dealing with our new bodies on the other side and what are some of the changes that women encounter after going through treatment for breast or other cancers well, and uh, you know, it actually starts almost from the beginning. You know, you have the situation of women dealing with the loss of their hair, and and people think that that's vanity, but oftentimes it's steeped much deeper than that. Culturally, um, mm-hmm. it can be something that is um, devastating for women. Um, I have worked with. I, I can remember one um, very very beautiful Hispanic woman I worked with and she had always had long hair and that is considered to be mm-hmm. um, it, particular in the Hispanic com- community that is a sign of beauty is to have this gorgeous long dark hair and she felt like she was losing part of her ethnic mm-hmm. um, identity by losing her hair and then we transcend into the the section of treatment where you start to receive all the medication and suddenly your body 
becomes the Oompa Loompa girl. From and the steroids that you're given during chemo. Absolutely. And the treatments afterwards, any of the post-hormonal, you know, all of those things are going to cause this weight gain that many women, cut, they're completely caught off guard. And, and you have acquired a spare tire around your waist, puffiness in your cheeks. Mm-hmm. You don't look like yourself anymore. And I, then I, the big I, one. I, sorry. <laughs> I call myself fluffy. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's taken, it's taken me a while to get fluffy. So I know it's going to take me a while to get non-fluffy, but you know, you just, you gotta, you gotta laugh because otherwise you cry. We have fluffied together, my love. So it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, you know, and then the obvious, the, the big hitter is going through uh, the surgery and whether mm-hmm. it's a lumpectomy, a single mastectomy bilateral, or the decision to go flat, all of those things are incredible incredibly traumatic to a woman's personal interpretation of her own body image. And, uh, you know, that, that is just, it's traumatic. It's incredibly Mm -hmm. traumatic. Yeah. It's it. I know for me, it's, I have, I made the decision when I was diagnosed a second time at 46 with cancer in my other breast. So both had been affected at that point. I decided to go for a bilateral mastectomy with reconstruction, um, I was given the option to go flat, but for me, I, I wanted to keep somewhat of a body symmetry. I'm not a small woman. And so I, I for me, having breasts were important. So I went through the expander process, which is hell, and then reconstruction. And four years later, it's they're still different. It's yeah. I'm they're they're my breasts because they're on my body, but I still sometimes have problems connecting with them yeah. partially. You know, one of them has a little bit of a divot because I had extra surgery over there. You, listeners, you can't see I'm sitting here. She's holding. touching herself. I'm, I'm touching my boobs right now. <laughs> we do that um, a lot. You know, I, it's 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 definitely we may not always connect emotionally with our breasts, but by mm-hmm. we sure know how to give a good touchy feely. Touch them and, and show them off. Yes. Um, but it's you know, I have a loss of sensation. They're yeah. a different shape and size than they were. And it's I just I. I don't 100% connect with them. Is that something you've heard from the women you've worked with over the years? Yeah, and I've experienced it myself. It's almost like they're a foreign entity, you know, and or the space itself is a foreign entity. So, you know, again, for women who've gone flat, um, their interpretation is a little different than a woman who has implants, so to speak. But it's all the same. It's all a space that we were intimately attached to that now has, it's a completely different landscape. And I do love, um, both you and I are extremely um close with a woman in the area here who has taught us a great deal, um, Rachel Wechter Mm -hmm. with um, Portland Myofascial Release, which any of the local girls out there, if you've not experienced, I'm going to give a blatant plug for them right now because they really are incredible. But one of the things that Rachel taught me was that I was constantly referring to my breasts as, oh, these things, they're not real. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they're not mine. And one day I was saying that and she says, you know, you are never going to find comfort in this space until you actually claim it as being a part of you. And that just resonated through me. So that's a really good um, starting point 
you know, for women out there who are listening today who maybe, and I know we're going to talk more about some tips and tools, but it would be a really good starting point in terms of all of the different body imaging issues that they're having is to stop and really claim that space, um, whether it's your breasts, your body, your hair, and say, you are mine. Mm -hmm. And I need to start, um, like I teach in my class, sticking my toe in the water of understanding how we're going to work together in this process of me becoming more comfortable in who I am. Um, it's it's a big it's a big jump point for mm-hmm. women. Uh, and Yvonne was referring to we did a series of three episodes back over the summer, life eight life after breast cancer. So one, two, and three mm-hmm. in August. So if you haven't listened to those, please check them out because it is definitely worth your time. And talking about claiming your body and really owning it, there was recently an image published by April Stearns. She's the editor of Wildfire. Uh, writing community and magazine. And when she was diagnosed, it was, oh, I believe over 10 years ago, she d- it was in one breast and she made the decision to have a unilateral mastectomy and stayed flat. And for years she wore a prosthesis and, you know, that was her life and she was comfortable with it. Well, then one day the prosthesis exploded everywhere, oh, goo, goo everywhere, this and that. And, <laughs> and she ordered oh, another one, but was like, you know what? I don't need it anymore. This is who I am. This is part of me. And just last month, she posted a beautiful photo of herself, um, you know, um, a shirt covering partially the one breast that she still had, but really exposing the flat area. It was stunning. And she wrote about how it was literally, she just, she knew that now was the time to share because this is who she was now. She was proud of her body and she just really wanted to share with the community, which I, it's, I'm just gives me goosebumps. It just does. does. It does. It gives me goosebumps. I've, I've gone back and looked at that picture so many times and I believe she did it in conjunction with the breast cancer portrait project. So you could find it under wildfire community online or the breast cancer portrait project. And, but I, I love that she is like, look, this is who I am. I'm going to show it off. And if it helps anyone out there, great. And yeah, and that's really, um, you know, that to me is courage, mm-hmm. and and it's it's courage because we we take a step into the darkness of exposing ourselves and not sure what people are going to respond. I mean, the response could be very very negative or very shallow, and I think that's the hardest thing about exposure is suddenly you have to wait to see what the outside world is going to do to validate what you are trying to find in your own space as validation. And we can accept ourselves, but we still feel this innate need to have the rest of the world chime in and say, mm-hmm. oh my God, you know, that's, that's absolutely stunning. So God, God bless her. That's wonderful. And she was just, I love it because putting yourself out there like that, it's so vulnerable. I was actually having a talk with my husband about it this morning and like, about different projects that I see of women posting their post mastectomy breasts and reconstruction. And I'm like, it's funny because on certain sites, you can't show your nipples and I have tattooed nipples. So like, okay, would, would I show mine off and they would, it would get censored because I have tattooed nipples. I don't know. Interesting. So so, something to randomly think about. (laughs) 
You know, and doesn't it come all back around? Guys show their nipples all the time and it's no big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, like, with, come with on. <laughs> you know, huge generalization, but with, you know, women's breasts, they feed children. And yes, they've become so sexualized over time. But I think that's also part of why it really changes our body image when we do lose that because, uh, you know, for me, I've, it's, I've changed. Like I've, I had the full bilateral, the hysterectomy. I have no technical female, you know, parts, mm-hmm. you know, I kept my hair, which is great, but there's still like so many body issues come with all of this. And I'm here to attest because of course, being um, her best friend and, the, and also being her breast friend, <laughs> uh, I have seen Michelle's tattoos from the beginning to where they are now. And I'm here to attest that they are absolutely gorgeous. And quite frankly, um, sometimes I think the artwork that we use to replace that space makes such a, an incredible an amazing statement that <laughs> why the heck not? Even if you haven't had breast cancer, I highly recommend. I think it's incredible. So <laughs> it really, for me, it was definitely a part of reconnecting. Yeah. I put cherry blossoms on there, which have such a beautiful symbolism of the the dying and the rebirth and, you know, the new start. So that was why I really wanted to do it. And I love it. And it definitely helped me reconnect with my breasts, but we have so much more to talk about. Stay with us. We need to take a short break. Remember listeners out there, you can please make a donation on our website or by texting BF radio to 41444 to help breast friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. You can also go on our website and under patient programs, request a hat for yourself or your loved ones going through chemo. And if you've experienced hair loss, so please stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our show. I'm Michelle Beth. Beck. I can't even say my last name. <laughs> And my guest is Yvonne Nydigger, uh, silver lining to my cancer and a breast cancer advocate and just 
my best friend. So we've been talking about body image after cancer, and we've talked about this for hours and hours. So we'll get as much in as we can today. Um, Yvonne, so I imagine that having all of these changes in your body can lead to a lot of anxiety and depression. Is that something that you've seen um, in the women you've worked with? Yeah, I, I, I think um, part of it, I, I will say, goes into the fact that, uh, you know, when you're going in for surgery, your entire focus is getting the cancer out. Mm-hmm. You know, we really are um, in that time period right before the surgery, whatever it might be, we are in fight mode. We have got our, you know, we've got our armor on, we've got our sores, we are, we are doing what we need mm-hmm. to do through treatment. And um most of the medical community is guiding us through this process in a very technical way, which is great, but there really isn't a, an opportunity to take a pause, even with most of the, um, the plastic surgeons that are involved in the process and have a conversation about what does it mean to have this part of our body um, removed, altered, changed, whatever it is. And what I found in talking with women, um, both on the, the front side, side of surgery and the backside of surgery is that they don't give a lot of thought, again, other than the fact that this procedure is going to get rid of either the cancer or whatever may be remaining or the worry about the cancer returning. Mm-hmm. So in, this, in their minds, this is all an incredibly positive step, even though it's traumatic, it has a purpose. And, and that's what we, our body does that to protect us. And, and I think it's a, it's a good thing, but I think it's, it's imperative that as women head into this surgery for them to have an opportunity to really connect with the idea prior to surgery of what this is all going to mean. And, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a hard, it's a hard, deep breath, when you think about um, what our breasts have meant to us over the years, I have spoken to women about the fact that, you know, your breasts have been the thing that have from, from puberty, you know, they're the thing that make you feel like you're, you are, you're in a new club and then you Mm -hmm. start dating and they become the thing that again, it kind of becomes that thing that, you know, you're, you're, you're very proud of, you're very, you're, you're at least transitioning into um, a stage in your life or through a stage in your life where they're a very integral part. And then whether you choose to have children or not, um, you know, the opportunity to breastfeed, to have children, a gigantic step. And it's to suddenly have that altered is to alter a piece of us mm-hmm. that has been a defining piece. So, um, you know, taking that breath, uh, journaling is a great opportunity because Mm -hmm. um, prior to surgery, stopping, taking a deep breath, if any of you out there are preparing for surgery, to take a deep breath and to take a moment and journal what it means to you, even writing a letter to your breasts, which is Mm -hmm. something I've encouraged women to do for years, is to sit down, write your breasts a letter. And it's surprising what they'll come back to me and they'll tell me that that was one of the things that made them, you know, kind of take a big gulp and go, oh my gosh, you know, there's more to this than what I thought I was experiencing. So, so yeah, it's, you know, pre, pre-surgery, it's important to connect. And then 
post-surgery, there's a whole nother plethora of things that can happen. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely, um, you know, there's a lot of anxiety, depression, um, all sorts of emotions that can come up. I know after I heard you talking about encouraging women to write letters to their breasts pre-surgery, I went back and did it post because I didn't know you pre, and it was still very emotional to me writing to a letter to my body, essentially like what, what it meant to me and how I felt now was, was really powerful. And occasionally I will go back and read it and I did take photos. So I, I have photos of my breasts before and, you know, just, to kind of like, okay, there, there they were. <laughs> yeah. And, so. and honestly, that's another thing I recommend because I went through 11 years ago when there was no conversation like this back then. I mean, this mm-hmm. kind of conversation didn't happen at all. And post-surgery, now I'm 11 years out. I can honestly tell you because I didn't do a lot of, you know, naked body shots prior to my surgery. And I don't, I don't truly remember what my breasts look like. So, mm-hmm. you know, for women who are, again, heading into that time period, it's a great opportunity to, whether it's with your, your loved one or a close friend, um, or even doing a selfie, you know, have that memory of what they look like um, prior to your surgery. And I love the idea of writing afterwards. And that really could be something that you do as time progresses, because uh, I've recently gone through a time period in my life where sitting down and writing a letter to my my breasts at this stage of my life um, would be would also be incredibly powerful. So I think that's a great suggestion, Michelle. I think that's a, a good idea for women to continue to journal on that topic. Mm-hmm. And it really, it doesn't even have to be just to your breasts. It can be to your overall body mm-hmm. because yeah. while we may struggle with how we feel about our bodies or how our bodies looks, how our bodies look, they're pretty powerful and I will, we'll get into that more, but I wanted to touch on one, one more topic that I think is a big part of the body image issue is intimacy because after going through cancer, intimacy is such a big thing. How do we, how do we become number one intimate with ourselves again and, or a partner or partners and, how do we, gosh, it's so hard to, to think <laughs> about these things. Cause I know I've experienced these issues and I'm, I'm in a solid marriage, but it's still, my body is different and it's, you, you really have to come to terms with all of these things to be able to move forward. And, um, communication, I think with, with my husband about how I'm feeling is super important. And is there anything else that you would think about in terms of the intimacy, like how, how we should move forward? Yeah, and I think you know you hit the big one right there. Communication is is and communication is a word we throw around really casually in the world. You know, we tend to say, "Oh, you need to communicate." It's really, really important for women to remember that they are not the only ones who have gone through cancer. They are mm-hmm. not the only ones in, in an intimate relationship or even a, a new founded relationship. They are not the only person who is managing this new sense of identity. Um, we, we tend to to center everything around how we feel. And we forget that our partners are themselves experiencing a lot of new feelings. And many of those come from the fact that we may not be communicating how we feel about ourselves. I, I recently had a conversation with my, my husband and I said that I, I really struggled with feeling, feeling sexy because the part of me that made me always feel sexy mm-hmm. was gone. And 
I, you know, and our conversation was had lots of layers to it, but that was a, a real take-home point that I made to him. And he said something really fabulous to me. He looked at me and he said, sweetheart, he said, sexy isn't what you look like. It's how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what's sexy. He says, when you feel sexy, then that's all that really matters. And I, I've chewed on that over and over mm-hmm. again, because I do think that a lot of women coming through um, all of the side effects of cancer have a hard time feeling sexy, feeling mm-hmm. like intimacy is something that they can even aspire to because they can't get past these barriers that they've erected themselves that possibly, as you mentioned, just having a little bit of communication um, mm-hmm. would help bring down. You know, yep. they may not cure everything that's going on. It's like a woman who's gained weight after going through treatment may look in the mirror and go, who would possibly want to date me? Mm-hmm. Who would possibly want to be attracted to me? And how do I, how do I even think in those terms now that I look like this, there's quotation marks going in mm-hmm. the air all around me. And there again, we can't, we can't take that visualization of ourselves and listen to the real that society has created, that if we have a few pounds over a size two, we're not sexy. Because again, as my husband so poetically mm-hmm. said, how you feel about yourself is yeah. what really confidence and attitude. Sexy attitude. is attitude. Yeah. yeah. You know, all of those things. And I know, I know, I, I know from my own experience, that's, a, that's easier said than done sometimes. Mm-hmm. And especially after everything you beautiful women have gone through. But if you can start slowly, and we'll talk about some tips and tools on how to do that. I think we can all find a way to kind of take these small baby steps into this arena of, of feeling and rather than feeling like we have to look to, um, to validate our sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is definitely something that, that can be re-sparked again. Well, that's a perfect segue to the next topic, which is how do we how do we fix these 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 ideas that we have in our brain? And, you know, the issue of not loving our body with the scars and the changes and the weight gain or loss. And I'm I'm, I'm assuming you've got some good ideas for this. So let's let's talk about that. Yeah, and I, I steps are. I think sometimes the the biggest step is take your expectation bar down. Mm-hmm. So, so don't be unrealistic about what you expect. And I think that kind of stems, I'm going to, you know, again, we'll touch a little bit on the, the weight. Um, don't tell yourself, okay, I'm going to lose these 30 pounds that I've gained so that I will look good in my size 10 swimming suit so I can wear it and feel sexy again. Because that's setting yourself up for not necessarily failure, but for, again, an expectation that anything less than that is not going to be enough. And mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than, you know, in this goal-driven society we live in, when you don't reach a goal, then your effort oftentimes doesn't, doesn't get accounted for. So I'm going to go back to one of your, one of your um, Yvonne-isms, set non-goal goals. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's really, and I, you know, again, that, that is, that is, again, I love, I love stupid words and a non-goal goal. An example of a non-goal goal is, you know, I am going to exercise so I feel better. So I feel healthy. So I'm feeling more engaged with my body and that versus I'm going to exercise. I'm going to walk four miles and I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Those are two totally different things. Um, And a non-goal goal is something very gentle. It's very soft. It's very attainable. And it's lots of pats on the back. So, you know, when you look at the weight gain issue, that's a way that you can definitely take a look. And also, you know, being kind to yourself. Um, We need to look at ourselves in the mirror and see the warrior that we were, I do a visualization exercise that says, um, or that, that leads us to envision ourselves as warrior women, as we head into battle, going through this process and we're strong and powerful. And yes, our breasts are intact. Our hair is intact. All of those things are as they were before we went through cancer. And as we go through battle, we are marred by scars. We are, we are, beaten by medications and drugs, and we are affected in ways that we never thought possible. And as we emerge on the other side, the the woman, the warrior woman that you see as you visualize this process that your body has been up through for a year or longer, what you see there, do you feel she is any less for looking like she has been through a battle? Mm-hmm. Or do you feel pride in the fact that she has, and when I say she, your body, your sense of spirit, your your um, your mind, all of the things that are interconnected with this journey, is she less because of what she's become after doing battle? And just taking a moment and doing that visualization and looking at yourself in the mirror, whether it's with your clothing on or without your clothing on, start simple. It may be truly looking at your hair and saying, oh my gosh, you know, this is my, my, this gorgeous hair I have now that came through battle with me. God bless my hair for growing back. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, there, there, we, we talk about the fact that, you know, women feel like, oh my God, my hair is so weird and it's strange. It looks terrible. I just don't like it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's there. It grew mm-hmm. back and it's alive and it has texture. So relishing those wins versus lingering over the losses and lingering well, I mean, over the losses is what gets us. You, I did not know you pre-cancer, but you had long, beautiful auburn hair and it was gorgeous. And you now are like a silver fox. You have this <laughs> adorable short little style that works so completely for you. I can't imagine you with long auburn hair because this is who you are now and you embrace it and you rock it. Yeah. And I think that's what's so important about reconnecting with with yourself, your body, your hair, whatever it is, post-cancer treatment is just to really love it and embrace it. And you have 100% done that. So we have so much more to talk about, but we are going to take a quick break again. And I wanted to remind listeners out there that if you would like to be a guest on the show or submit your story for me to read in a Warrior Stories episode, please email me at Beck at breastfriends.org. And I would love to get it on air. So stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our show. I'm Michelle Beck and my guest is Yvonne Nidigger and we are talking about body image after cancer. Now, Yvonne, I know we were talking offline and you have a quote that really resonates with with both of us because I'm familiar with it as well. Can you read it for us, please? Yeah, this is a quote um, from um, John F. Barnes. He's the, um, the, the creator of his particular version of myofascial treatment that Michelle and I both experienced, which is a very spiritual, emotional, physical, um, just amazing all over therapy program that really does encompass mind, body, and spirit. But Mm -hmm. he's an amazing man. and, And he wrote this particular thing that I think is perfect for this. And it's called, I survived. No matter what happened, I love myself. I give myself permission to heal. I give myself permission to be fully present, fully aware, and fully powerful. I give myself permission to be fully me. I allow my beautiful, luminous essence to fill my body into every aspect of my being, filling myself with love and light. And if that doesn't mm. talk to, I mean, I've, I've read that. I, I can't tell you yes. how many times to how many women. And I think it's an aha moment when Again, we we think about what I give myself permission to heal means, mm-hmm. and that is um, really uh, runs lot, lot, side by side with I give myself grace yes. to heal. And grace is such a beautiful word for this time in a woman's life, because whether it's giving yourself the grace to say no to people wanting more of your time than you can give because your Mm -hmm. energy is drained or looking in the mirror and again, giving yourself grace for the warrior woman you see 
um, who is looking back at you now, who has been through so much. Um, it's, it's permission that women don't often give themselves mm-hmm. and is so incredibly important to starting the process of not only improving your own personal body image right now, but really taking steps forward to what life after breast cancer is going to look like for you. Yeah, Grace is actually one of my favorite words. If I had a daughter, that was actually one of the top two names that I was going <laughs> to name my daughter. Um, and it's also in one of my favorite U2 songs. They talk about Grace and it just, it so resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And I never knew, you know, years ago when I fell in love with the name and the the song that it would become so important in my life yeah. to really just don't be so damn hard on yourself mm-hmm. because we are our own worst critics and no one else in our life, whether it's our family, friends, or, you know, and those are really the only people that matter and yourself. And if you, it's just finding the, this, the grace and acceptance of our bodies where they're at now, because our bodies have taken us through so much. And uh, I, I know you have a story about a woman who's gone through your programs and just such an amazing revelation about her, how her body image changed after cancer. Yeah, I, I love sharing this because it, it, it caught me off guard. I have a, a step in the process where we, we talk about body image. And when I got to her and, and asked her, you know, what did she find you know, what did she find in terms of her body image that was the most challenging? And she says, you know, Yvonne, honestly, nothing, because I had, um, prior to my cancer, I had a really negative body image. I thought, who am I and why am what you know why am I so heavy and why I don't like the way my face is and I don't like my hair she says I basically was completely anti me hmm. and she says I spent years my teenage years feeling really depressed about myself and then I went through cancer and she said I started looking at my body as a badass she said mm-hmm. I realized that my body was incredible. It was carrying me at a time when I didn't think anything would carry me through what I was going through. She says, so now when I look in the mirror, I see this badass woman who is more than enough because she got me through cancer. So, and and I I can remember all the girls in the group kind of, you know, we clapped Mm -hmm. and we looked at her and everybody kind of went, oh my God, you know, why didn't I think about that? So yeah, that's it's a powerful story and it and it resonates resonates hopefully to everyone out there. And it kind of brings up a couple of things that I would actually recommend is looking in the mirror. Because for so many women, they don't like to look in the mirror because of the things that they 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 only see the scars or the the weight changes in your body or you know the the hair loss or whatever, but we really need to look in the mirror and touch, even touch our bodies. Like, okay, this is, this is how my body feels like, and my body is strong. My body is here. And while it may be different, it's still your damn body. And as, as she said, like it carried you through cancer yeah. and, you know, honestly, the, the other alternative is you're not here. So basically you're here, love your body that you have because it's the only one you're given. Yeah. And um, speaking about looking in the mirror, I've talked to a lot of women who are have gone through their surgery and have 
had a terrible time taking off the bandages or mm-hmm. looking at themselves in the mirror. And, you know, so again, if any woman is listening who's heading into that time period, I, I encourage you as soon as possible to embrace that, that strength of your body and the fact that it has come through so much and it's continuing to carry you. Um, I can remember yet one woman I spoke with who had gone a week and had not looked at her body. And this was after she'd had her bandages removed. And she said, mm-hmm. I just cannot even look. And so I told her, okay, you know, we may be on the phone right now, but we're going to look together. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back to the mirror and I'm going to hold your hand through the phone and we are going to look together yeah. because it's the d- big, dark, scary door. Is the unknown harder. is scarier than anything yeah. else. So, so, and, 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 you know, happy ending to the story is when she looked, it was much less scary and, and quote unquote, ugly than mm-hmm. what she expected. She was like, oh, oh, well, this isn't so bad. And, you know, that's kind of that first step towards going, again, changing that reel in our mind that what we see, um, I don't have nipples. I made the choice not to have um Mm-hmm. nipples put on at the time of my surgery. And I can remember when I first looked in the mirror, I felt a little bit off about that. I felt like, oh, gee, do I, I, I feel, I kind of feel weird about not having nipples. And I sort of almost felt social pressure <laughs> to have nipples because, well, I should have nipples there. And don't get me wrong, for women who make the choice to have a nipple placed, to many women, it's completion. It feels mm-hmm. like I've, I'm looking more what, again, society interprets as normal. But for me, I was more pragmatic. I don't need them. I'm not, I've been in a dedicated relationship with my husband. He doesn't need to look at them. So what was my purpose behind them? And I just decided that that wasn't something I needed to have. But in the aftermath, I questioned myself constantly because I felt that you know, society, again, norm and all that was telling me that I was weird because there weren't nipples looking back at me in the mirror. <laughs> you know, I've gotten over that and I, you know, I don't look at them now and I don't consider they are now my breasts. They are what they are. Mm-hmm. Scars, no nipples, all of that. They have a lovely little crest and they're just fabulous. You do have beautiful cleavage. I have lovely <laughs> cleavage. I tell you what, kudos to cleavage. Or if you've gone flat, that beautiful sense of just smooth and looking, you know, having that 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 plane. Um, I I years ago my mom laughed because I did a, a an art project and I drew for uh, that we were doing a what the um, uh, above the fruited plane was my section of of Mm -hmm. the song and I drew a plane with fruit on it. (laughs) uh, I, I one time was telling that story to a woman who'd gone flat. I said, you have a fruited plane. (laughs) You have a very beautiful plane that Mm -hmm. has the fruit again of your sensuality still there. It just looks different. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so all of you who've gone flat, you have a fruited plane out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's, we've been talking a lot about 
like tips and, and tools to get us through. And one thing you mentioned before about the woman who told the story about her body was a badass cancer, you know, got her through. And I imagine that sharing your body images in a support group can really help because while you may not be experiencing the exact same things, you're still going through it together. And it's kind of like the, aha, it's not just me. Yeah. Every woman out there needs to find post active treatment, some connection with other women who have gone through this, because it's the communication that you have with other women who actually understand what you've gone through, who get it, as we like to say at Breast Friends, um, that is going to validate the fact that you're not the only one that has one breast that's higher than the other, that has... Um, Whose you know, nipples had, face off in yeah, different directions. Yeah, you had nipple sparing surgery, and guess what? They decided to go north and south or something unusual that way. You're not the the only woman who has an, an inner tube around her tummy that um, you could support an entire family on. It's just, uh, it's, it's these conversations and more times than not, they start out with tears because we, we talk about things that are so incredibly hard and they've been weighing so heavy on us and we feel like we're, we're not enough. And then after a very brief period of time, a very, very, candid connection with someone else, uh, we discover that we're not alone and we're able to kind of laugh and hopefully start Mm -hmm. to heal in a way that any kind of trauma is harder by yourself, any trauma. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is. If you share it with another human being, um, anything that we go through can be made less if we have someone else um, we, we love to, again, at Breast Friends, um, we, we adapted, adopted the quote that says, sticks in a bundle cannot be broken. And it really is true. So mm-hmm. find your bundle, even if it's a bundle of two, mm-hmm. and, and start talking, start communicating. Yes. And for those of you who, you know, for whatever reason, don't want to be in a support group, you can even get this, the support from a private counselor or a therapist. Absolutely. It's it's still getting, getting those feelings out there and being validated that you are not the only one who is going through this. Like, and time does help. Mm -hmm. I remember talking, just the memory popped up about being in the shower the first time I took off my bandages and, and seeing what had happened. And I remember I broke down sobbing and my husband was in the shower with me, literally holding me up because it was such a drastic change. And I just, I felt lost and anxious and, and just sad and angry. And it's been four and a half years now and it is a memory, but life, life and time does help you heal. And it's really just finding that time where we're, you know, reconnect with your body, whether it's through, through movement or touch or just really actively engaging and talking to your body and saying, thank you. Thank you for getting me through this. And one last thing to, for women to remember, this can be a process of mourning Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like a grief, um, there are stages. 
And you can't skip from step one to step 10. And I'd encourage um, women to take a look at the, at the steps of grief because they'll find a very strong parallel in what they're going through right now. So that's a way to kind of acknowledge and also validate that, oh gosh, I'm, st- I'm in the angry phase right now. I'm really angry about what's happened to me. I'm pissed off that I put on all this weight. I'm furious. Or... I'm getting towards the pouring of acceptance and it is, um, it's a great way to see where you are in the process of grief and to know that there is an end game. And as Michelle Mm -hmm. says, time, time is precious and it will heal. Mm -hmm. And while my body is part of me, it is not the entire me. Yeah. And I have my heart and my soul and yes, the body is what carries all of these things and it still carries me every day. And I think that's what we need to remember, that we just need to love and accept our bodies the way they are. And if you want to change it, you can work on it. But it, like as Yvonne said, it is a process. So, oh, any, any final quick thoughts? Well, I, I agree 100% that, that, you know, we are, we are an entire entity, mind, body, and spirit. And I think the more we embrace the fact that our uniqueness has been tested, but it hasn't been broken, that we are still a unique human being. We may just Mm -hmm. look a little bit different. And again, women reach out counselors, programs, whatever it happens to be journal, journal, journal. That is an amazing way to get connected to your thoughts. Even if you can't talk to someone else, you can talk to those pages and that may be the best possible way to start the process and know that you are not alone in this. There are sadly way too many women out there that are going through the same thing, but sticks in a bundle. We are Mm -hmm. a sisterhood and we will help each other. Yvonne, thank you so much for being here today. And listeners out there right now, all of you, I want you to tell your body how much you love it. No matter what it looks like, shape, size, scars, or whatnot, it is here and it's what's gotten you through every day. So listeners, if you are a loved one, need our services, please visit breastfriends.org. You can make a donation on our website or by texting BF Radio to 41444 to help Breast Friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. You can find our show on various platforms on the Voice America's Health and Wellness channel or search Breast Friends wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to nominate yourself to be a guest or to submit your warrior story, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.